I believe sometimes as women, as girls, we forget our self-worth. Whether it's boundaries put up around us that prevents us to remember that we are strong, powerful women, or boundaries we put in ourselves that makes us think that we are not strong, that we aren't really worthy. My goal is to change that. My goal is to have you know that you are worthy, that you are capable of making a difference and a change, that you are capable of succeeding and pushing yourself. My podcast, Girls Who Run the World, shares stories of strong, powerful women that are changing the world, that impact their community through their everyday lives. I am so excited to share this podcast with you all, hoping that it makes you realize that you are strong, you are worthy, and you are powerful. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. It is so great to be back with you all here on Girls Who Run the World podcast. I'm so excited to sit down and have a great conversation with you guys today. So the topic today is the Chicago Marathon. Um, I ran the Chicago Marathon on Sunday, October 10th. So it's been a little bit past two weeks, almost three weeks or maybe, yeah, three weeks since I ran it. Um, And I'm so excited to share my experience with you all today. So backtrack 18 weeks, I had made the impulsive decision to run a marathon. I can't remember the exact moment that I decided. I think, I believe it was during a run with my dad. I was like, one day I'm going to run a marathon. And somewhere in the run, he was like, well, why don't you just do it now? Like, you can do it now. It'd be a great way to run a marathon when you're 17 years old. I just turned turned 17 in August, at the very end of August. Um, and I'm a senior in high school. So it was a great way to definitely mark this year as a pivotal year in my life so far. So I made the decision to run a marathon. And prior to really, I didn't put a lot of thought in making the decision to run a marathon. I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like I immediately, I was like, oh my gosh, Kenzie, like to my sister, Kenzie, I'm going to run a marathon. My mom, like I never put a lot of thought into like mentally and physically how challenging it, I was put, what position I was putting myself into. So in the first couple of weeks that I start running, um, it became a little bit unhealthy with me running because I would think that if I didn't run every time my training plan told me to run, then it would be unsuccessful. Like it was an unsuccessful day that I had not reached my goal and I was not bettering myself. And the idea of not running the marathon had already come into my mind. Not that I wouldn't want to run in the marathon, that I wasn't prepared to run the marathon. So that happened, that mentality was something I was struggling with throughout the entire training experience, even a week up to running the marathon. So mentally you're being put into this place where, you know, for months you're giving all of your feelings and all of your energy into this one goal. And as it is so impactful, impacting, um, for lack of a better word, or as it is so, like, you're devoting so much for a great goal. I mean, the experience was amazing. Um, I don't think I was realizing how much I was putting into this one goal. And I'll talk about a little bit about my post-marathon, like, mentality that I had. So 18 weeks training, I'm running about, I think I ran about 300-ish, 350, 300 runs for the training experience. Um, Because it's 18 weeks and I'm running five days a week. And 
you know, each run's different in itself. Whether it's four miles or 12 miles, you some of the runs I was feeling like I was, as if I was on top of the world and some runs I was feeling like I did not want to get out of bed just to put on my tennis shoes and run. And that is something that you're struggling with and fighting each day because my fear was that I never knew. The terrifying thing about running a marathon is that you never know what, uh, what, me- me- sorry, what mental state you're going to be in that day. Is it going to be one of those days that you feel like you're each step is of energy or each step is of like this heaviness and pulling you behind. Right. So the unknown is what was terrifying me. And I talked about that in a previous episode of mine. So just all of these different aspects of mentality were affecting me so much. And I didn't even realize it at the time. So like I said, in the first couple of weeks, I actually had to take a break off because it was getting so unhealthy. Um, where I started to really beat myself up. And finally I realized, you know, each run is bettering myself. Um, it doesn't matter the distance nor pace. This is pushing me closer and closer to my goal. And so I, I started to re- as I started to realize that, I really started to enjoy the training experience a lot more. And, um, and I do believe that because of the struggles and of the things I succeeded at, but because of the struggles, I think that's what made the experience 10, ten times better. Uh, because... I learned so much about myself just in the 18 weeks that I don't think I would have learned if I would have done something different or if I would not have ran the marathon. So I'm beyond grateful for this experience. I'm beyond grateful for the day that I decided to run the marathon um, and that decision I had made because each decision that you make as a person impacts your life. And that is something that will fascinate me for my entire life. Each decision that I make today is going to impact me somehow later on in my life. And that is something that speaks a lot of volume today. And uh, something I always think about. So going into running a marathon, you can do so much to support yourself, right? And like be there for yourself. And obviously to run a marathon, you really have to believe in yourself. People can tell you that you're going to crush it, but they're not in the, they're not running it for you. So you really have to believe in yourself that you can run it. And as I say that, I want to take a second and just share with you the impact of this the impact that the support I had had on me. So whether it was, you know, my dad was my biggest supporter. He was my rock through this entire experience. And I can say that with um, gratitude because he went on, I want to say, now let me think. I think he went on about maybe 75% of the runs that I had gone on with me. And that's when he's traveling for work. So when he wasn't, when he was traveling, I had to actually run by myself, which was a challenging thing because then you are just there by yourself mentally and you're start to worry. Um, But besides that, back to the point is that he was there for every run. So when I was having the bad runs, like I can remember one run we are on the NCR trail and he's probably dying and I'm going to tell the story. One run, we were on the NCR trail, which is in Maryland, and we were doing great. I was pretty quiet. Um, for most of the runs, I can talk for the entire run, and that's something I started to see, you know, mid-training experience, and that's where you see growth is that I could have a full-on conversation for six miles without, like, breathing heavily or without struggling to get words out, which is amazing, which was one of my proudest moments during my training experience. But anyway, so I could talk during the run, but I was just quiet. I think I was mentally beating myself up just about the pace we were going, 
each step felt heavy, like something was off with me. Um, and I actually started to get really mad at my dad because, I mean, um, a lot of, my dad has been in this position before. So now he knows, like he shared with me, there's a lot more days where he did not want to get out of bed and run than the days that he could sleep in. So put on that smile, get out there and chase the feeling at the finish. So that is my motto for this whole train experience is that we're chasing the feeling at the finish. Anyway, we're at the thing and I start arguing with my dad. I'll admit to that. I start arguing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm so over with running. Like this is not my thing. I've never loved it. And I don't even know why I'm putting myself through this. And I think my dad just sat there. I mean, just kept running. We were just jogging and was just in silence because he knew that the frustration I was taking out on him was all because of I was beating up my beating myself up mentally, which is a Looking back at it now, it breaks my heart that I put him through that <laughs> for multiple occasions on a run. But uh, it's definitely a learning experience because I was mentally struggling and I don't think I wanted anyone to notice it. So when I was asked about my marathon training, I during the training itself, I would make it seem like it was going 100% the way that you would want it to say. Like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. Like I can, I'm like running almost every day. But the honest thing is that I was, there was a lot of days that I missed running and I regret that now, but those days I miss made the experience what it is and really had me take the second and grow and learn from it. So that was a big part of the training experience. Now the fun part. Um, so the day leading up to the marathon, we're on a flight. Um, and the day before I'm a little nervous, like, just like because you're putting so much into 18 weeks, like the day is finally here. I've been counting down since I think it was 200 days away. I've been counting down um, and it definitely flew by. Time definitely flies. I'm feeling that with high school right now when we're applying to college and getting accepted to college. Time is flying by. So here I am sitting on the plane, getting ready. Um, I'm checking off a list in my head. We're already literally taking off in the plane. I'm checking a list off in my head. I have everything I do um just like those nervous jitters that you get before like a performance or a soccer game or or like any type of game but uh yeah so I was nervous before flying to Chicago and then we got when we got to Chicago we had arrived I believe it was Friday night Friday Friday, Friday during the day actually so we had had a Friday morning flight we arrived Friday because it's good to have like two days at the hotel that you're sleeping at just before the marathon so just so that your sleep is um, like comfortable. And the day before we're with our cousins, we're going to the expo and the expo is amazing because I mean, you really feel like you're on top of the world there because it's just everybody, I mean, knows that you're running the Chicago marathon. People are walking around with their t-shirts on. You're taking pictures. People are wishing you good luck. Um, and the day before I'm getting millions of texts and calls from my family and friends saying, Hey, you got this. We love you. You know, we're going to be tracking you. And uh, again, with the support that I had during the marathon was marathon and marathon training was immense. It had a huge impact on me. Um, and I'll share some individual stories along the way that I tell you my marathon story. But, you know, I tell the people that have supported me that I would not be where I am today without them. And I honestly believe that in some part, you know, I, there's, Honestly, you have to believe in yourself, like I said, but um, having that extra voice behind you saying, you know, you're going to do great, 
really reassured me almost in some instances that, you know, my friends and family are here to support me and they don't, they're not, honestly not going to care if I finish or not. Right. Obviously they want me to finish, but they're here to accept either. So that was something that was very comforting me, comforting to me as I was on the plane leaving. I was just thinking all the thoughts were flowing girl. So, so I literally, uh, yeah, so I was, let's get back on the story. My goodness. Sorry guys. I can get a little off track if you know what I mean. So <laughs> anyway, uh, first two days before it's great. Um, getting more nervous as the day goes on. Um, I did eat some deep dish pizza the day before a big carb load. It was delicious. I think I'm still on thin crust side of pizza. So Chicago people do not come after me. I'm just saying it's not my forte, but I did like it a lot. Uh, just, I would stick to the thin crust. Anyway, not talking about pizza people. So we are going to bed. You know, I, I think I went to bed around eight o'clock, try to get as much sleep as possible because we, I can't remember what time we had to wake up, but it was pretty early um, because you actually have to walk to the thing. And then we actually stood in our crowd for about an hour because the crowds before us had to go off. So I was in one of the back crowds. So we had to wait for thousands of people to start running at different times. So you're sitting there, you're waiting, you know, you're using this body, like spot a pot. It's, it's everything. Um, sorry guys, it's everything uh, in itself, definitely with the spot pot, but <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, you're sitting there for an hour right? So anyway, back to the morning. So I wake up. um, I feel great. I have, I think I ate a banana before. Drink a lot of water the day before. So I was hydrated and we're walking, you know, I see my cousins and, you know, we're just talking. We're like, oh my goodness, we're so excited. Like, what's your goal time? Like just small, you know, runner talk, which my sister hates and just a fun fact. Uh, And I get to my corral. So we all break up. My uncle and my cousin go in the crowd a little bit ahead of us. Uh, and it's just me and my dad. And starts, I started to get like emotional before. Um, and I tried not to show it before, but uh, the feeling, you know, I was so excited. I was like filled with tremendous amounts of excitement and joy. And as I was seeing in the crowd, I realized something. That this is the first time. I've done something like this. That I had, I'm not nervous. I was not nervous at all. And I swear by that to this day, I was not nervous at all. I didn't have one butterfly in my stomach. <clears throat> and as I realized this, I was shocked because I'm the type of person to get nervous before going to talk to a teacher or to, you know, ask someone, I don't know, a favor or something like that. So I get nervous about a lot of things. And that's just my anxiety. Um, but I wasn't nervous at all. And as I took, after the marathon, as I realized, like, I remembered not being nervous. Um, I took some time to think about it. And it was definitely because there were 35,000 people. 35,000. Can we just pause for a second and realize that? It is, that number is insane. Like, to, I have not wrapped my head yet around that number of people. And the funny thing is that I realized, well, the great thing about it is that we are all going through the same thing whether you're running it in three hours or you're running it in, I think you had to finish in seven hours, whether 
you're running it in every time. We're all running 26.2 miles, right? Because guys, listen to this. What do they call someone that runs a marathon in 26.2, runs a marathon, sorry guys. What do they call somebody that runs a marathon in three hours? A marathoner. What do they call someone that runs a marathon in seven hours and just made it over the line? A marathoner. So this is the phrase that me and my dad had used um, for the, our tri- entire training experience because that just shows you that the pace does not matter. You know, my goal was for this marathon was to go out and have fun. And so when I took a look back at it, before that race, I was having so much fun. Like I was meeting people next to me. You're sitting there for an hour. And um, some of you know that I'm a chatterbox. My dad um, is a chatterbox. Our friend Chris Gromack, my dad's friend Chris Gromack, who was there, is a chatterbox. I mean, we were literally, we're all like the most talkative people ever. But so we're meeting people around us, you know, we're getting to know a little bit about them. And if this is their first marathon, or if this is like, I think this guy's marathon was like his 11th. So it's something insane like that where you're just meeting people all around the world. And we had actually a girl from Baltimore right next to me. So it was very like comforting. Uh, Just the number of people that surrounded me was people, you know, people did warn me before that it can be overwhelming. It can really affect you, but it affected me for the best. And if it was not that many people, I don't think I would, I think I would have had a little bit more nerves, but you know, we're all going through the same thing and it was amazing. I'm starting off and you know, I'm looking down at the ground for the picture guy. Like I'm having so much fun. You know, people are already cheering. And, um, oh my gosh, funny story real quick. For the first one and the first two miles. Now, I wasn't warned this until five minutes before I started. But because everyone has to pee. So all the men, not women, there was no women, but all the men we're under this, like, this, we're in, like, this tunnel, like, under this bridge for a little bit when you're beginning, when you're starting off, and there's no one cheering there just yet because people really start cheering around miles two, um, but all the men just scurry to the sides of the walls of the, like, bridge that we were under and just start peeing right there. It was definitely an interesting experience for the first two miles. Was not expecting that. Um, it definitely made me laugh, and that was the best part. Uh, but for any of you, those for all of you, right? All going to be future marathoners, whether it is on Netflix or running. <laughs> um, just be careful for that, because I mean, I was in a fit of laughter because it is just definitely and it's disgusting. Um, I was definitely blinded at some moments, ladies, if you know what I mean, but. Uh, it was hilarious. So just that's just a little funny story. So we're running. You know, I'm looking. We're in the first two miles. I'm looking for trying not to look at the guys peeing on the wall, um, <laughs> but I'm looking for the camera guy, like because I wanted to get all these marathon photos of me running. Like I wanted to do a funny pose at every thing, which I did. We got some amazing photos. Uh, but I'm running, and I think it was around mile three that I actually saw my parents for the first time. My sister, my mom. And I'm coming up running by my mom. Um, I didn't want her to notice that I realized it. My mom's just in full tears. Like she sees me running in the crowd. And I try to stay to the left. So that every time that I was running left or I was actually on the right for the entire marathon. So I was staying to the right. So every time that, you know, 
I would see my mom. I'd get super excited. My sister, my grandmother, my aunt, uh, our family friends. And my mom was just in full tears. Um, and I try not, because when I cry, when I see someone cry, I definitely cry. And so I try not to let it like make me cry because we're only in the first three miles. If I start crying now, I mean, it won't stop. So, but it definitely meant a lot. Um, in that moment, I knew that she was really proud of me. I know she had been, she has been telling me for weeks, for my entire life of how proud she is of my sister and I, of what we've accomplished at such a young age. And, um, but that moment was something I won't remember was seeing the look on her face. She was in tears. She was, um, oh my God, I'm going to get sad, but she was, uh, definitely, my mom is my inspiration. She has impacted me. Now, as I say, you're going to talk about my dad. My mom is the person that, you know, is my rock at home. And so just to see her look on her face has made me, oh my gosh, sorry guys, had made my entire marathon experience, like just for that to be in the first marathon. And I mean, in the first couple of miles made um, the marathon 10 times better. Um, so yeah. So besides the sappy and sad stuff, uh, we're running. I mean, I'm not even really focusing. We're going at a pretty slow pace. We, so we, what we did, we were, we were going at our, not slow pace, we are going at an easy, nice pace. Uh, that way we weren't going to burn it all out in the first uh, half of the marathon, for the first half marathon. Go nice, easy pace and walk at every water station because when the water stations come, you have cups all over the ground. So, you know, that, that was like people are falling, you know, people are trampling over each other. So you really need to be careful. So we were just like, let's just walk through the water and Gatorade stations. And then, you know, as soon as it ends, we're going to run. And we stayed with that for through the entire thing, through the entire marathon until the end, which I'll tell you guys about later. But for the first 22 miles, we stayed like that. And then after 22, I'll, again, I'll talk about that later in the story. So we're, we're going like, and um, two things. The amount of people that are cheering for you on the sideline. I mean, you cannot hear the person next to you. That is how loud they are. And I literally believe that for the first, again, 22 <laughs> miles, I had the biggest smile on my face to the point where, you know, when I smile a lot, I do smile a lot and I laugh a lot. Um, my cheekbones actually get really sore from smiling and that I don't know if that happens to anyone else but like the other day in class like I was smiling so much like talking smiling that all of a sudden I mean maybe it is from talking guys I definitely could be um but I was smiling the entire time you know I'm reading on the signs I and my favorite part about was seeing all the different types of people that were out you know there were some really young girls out there and like I said I think I said this in another one before my podcast was my another, I wasn't just running this marathon for myself. I was running for the younger girls out there that believe that they can't do it. Um, I want to show young girls out there that they are capable of greatness. And that is my goal in life and with this podcast. And I want them to look up to me as an inspiration and I want to impact them. I want to be there for them and I want to support them just as, um, women that I've looked up to have supported me. And the sooner they realize this, I think the sooner that women are going to change the world and continue changing the world. So seeing the young girls out there cheering for me um, and just giving them that fist bump or that high five or that, hey girl, what's up? Like just that little bit of in interaction made my world. Um, and this one little girl was like, girl power, girl power. And I couldn't love it enough because that is what I strive 
to give off and to share with others. So that was definitely a special part for the entire experience. Uh, but yeah, the numbers of people that are cheering for you was not overwhelming. It was definitely something distracting because uh, it was breathtaking. It was I was speechless for a lot of the part, part of the marathon because I'm taking it all in. And my advice that was given by a lot of people was just have fun. And I definitely had fun during this marathon. I had fun. Um, I learned a lot about myself. And it is an experience that I would not change for the world. Each part that happened, each thing that happened, I would not change anything about it. Um, even the parts where I really, really struggled and contemplating stop, stopping. Um, and the parts that I felt like as if I was going to know take on the world and you know do more amazing things after this like run a marathon in a week or something like that so um, I'm thankful for all of it and then going into it so I'm feeling good you know we're doing all of this stuff you know I'm looking at the photographer people are cheering so I hit half a mile I had half a half marathon and I'm like oh my gosh I feel on top of the world I wasn't like okay also weird thing if there's any doctors out there low-key help but I didn't sweat at all during the marathon. Like I was, and I was drinking so much water. It was so weird. So I looked like fresher than ever during the race, which I mean, thank God, right? Because if you know me personally, my hair can get big when it's hot or when I start sweating. So hair stayed under control guys. And that was a big goal of mine. (laughs) If you know me, you know all about the hair stories. Uh, Anyway, um, I see my parents like, you look great. Like my aunt's like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Like you look like you're feeling amazing. I'm like, I feel amazing. You know, my braid of my hair actually did fall out. And there's this awesome picture out there of my sister braiding my hair mid-marathon. Because guys, let's be real here. I was not going to finish that marathon with some crazy hair. So (laughs) let's just be honest. Um, And I hit Okay, so I hit 13, I run, I hit 16, and 16 prior to the marathon was the longest that I ran. So anything after 16 was like, I try to look at it as a little victory. Each step I took was the longest I've ever run in my life. And that's powerful. Each step I took was exceeding the amount of miles that I've ran in my life. So it was amazing, amazing feeling. I mean, I'm taking it all in. We're going through Chinatown. We're going through this little Hispanic town that has like all these cool, um, skull painted skull murals on the wall and they had the mariachi bands going and each like couple miles they would have a cut like neighborhood concerts and all these bands would be playing it was definitely amazing um and then i so there's as runners there's this thing called the wall and in a marathon and you know i've been taught about it i've been i've had conversations about it i've been anticipating it um in almost in a scared way but also not scared because I want to believe that I can conquer the wall and it's between mile 20 and 21 so before entering those miles my dad's like okay you know we're coming up on the wall this is where you're going to start seeing a lot of people stop and get in a lot of pain and they're just going to start breaking down well I run 20 to 21 um and I'm in a little bit of pain that was expected I mean I'm running a marathon I'm in a little bit of pain just like not endurance wise like I could have gone longer endurance wise it was just like like physically my body was um just tired I mean I've been running for at that moment I've been running for like four hours and 30 minutes probably so 
no, I've been running for five hours at that, at that moment. I was probably been running for five hours, five and a half hours. So, you know, my body's obviously tired. So I feel great. I hit mile 21. I'm like, okay, we got five miles left. I can do that in my sleep. Like, let's go. And, oh, also, okay, hold on to this first. And then, um, and I hit mile 22. And all of a sudden, you know, I was as if I was feeling on top of the world. It's like I fell off a freaking cliff. I fell off a cliff and my hips down to my feet went into excruciating pain. Um, the bottom of my feet started to feel like really hot and raw and um, felt like that each step with my foot striked pain on the bottom of my feet like they were going to fall off and then striked pain all the way up to my hips. At this moment, I started to know that I was my mind was probably going to go into a negative place. I knew that I was going to start fighting because the entire marathon, I was like on top of the world. I not I did not have one negative thought in me. So I hit 22 and I was like, oh no, like this might be my downfall. Like I started having negative thoughts um, and I started crying. I mean, there were many, I think there were about three miles. I was just crying because I was in so much pain. I'm telling my dad, you know, I'm in excruciating pain. Like I've never, like the medic comes up to me because I was walking weird. Obviously I was not running. Um, if you can think of like, an old person, an older person running that has like arthritis. I don't know how to describe it. Um, and that's all with respect that example out there, but I look like I was a speed walking gazelle almost. I don't know, but image that puts, that just is the first word that came to mind. Um, <laughs> but so I definitely did not look good. Um, you know, my face, I was crying. I was running really weird. I wouldn't even call it running. I'd call it like a run speed walk. Um, trying not to put pressure on my legs. And the guy, Menda comes up to me and is like, are you okay? And I'm like, like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Like, I'm like, yes, I'm okay. Like, I want you to get away from me so you don't pull me out of the race. I got four miles left. Please do not do anything. So the four miles felt like the longest possible. I walked a lot. Um, I stopped a lot of the times and just tried to massage my legs out. I was even contemplating taking off my shoes and sitting on the side and like rubbing my, like massaging my feet, um, like things like that, that I probably would never do in public, but, uh, I was even contemplating doing it and, uh, so I'm struggling. Um, I really can't say much about it because it definitely was a whirlwind of experience. I haven't rubbed my head around, you know, entirely around the struggle that I was experiencing, but, Again, I would not change it for the world. That being said, I had hit. Uh, so I'm getting notifications on my phone that people are finishing and I'm starting to worry like, oh my gosh, why am I going so slow? Like all of our family, friends and cousins and they're all waiting for me. They're probably like, what's taking her so long? And I'm like, oh my gosh, people are tracking me. They're like, why is she running the marathon so slow? So like, I'm starting to have insecurities about what people are thinking. Uh, and that's just, an, again, anxiety that I have. Uh, and so I hit mile 26 and, you know, before entering, you're on Michigan Avenue, which is an amazing street. It's like a, wide, a very wide street. All the tall buildings and main stores are on this street. Um, it was my favorite part about the whole race. Um, you know, you have everybody cheering for you. They're all waiting for their loved ones to come through or some of them just didn't even know any of us. And they were just there with for their day cheering us on. And my dad stops me and we're in the last point too. And he goes, Madison, I want you to run um, this last point two by yourself. I'm going to wait back 
a second. I'm going to let you have this last point too as your victory lap by yourself. Take it all in. Uh, get that great finishing photo. And I'll be right behind you. But I want you to, you know, really have this experience for yourself. And at the moment, I was like, okay. Um, and now I look back and it was probably one of the nicest things that my dad has ever done for me. Um, it meant a lot for him just to want me to really have my own experience. And so he said, you're going to go off. Um, you know, this is the moment that you're going to become a marathoner. The marathoner, I always knew that you were going to be. And let's go eat after this. It was like some funny comment like that. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. So we just had passed my sister and them. My mom's, I think she was crying again. My mom was very emotional and I loved it. Um, my sister's on a trash truck, truck, which she got yelled at by the police officer. So thank you to Mackenzie for the effort. Um, and if you know Mackenzie, um, I would not even imagine her stepping five feet near a trash truck. So she was on it trying to get the best photo for me. So I appreciate that, Mackenzie. Uh, I get the love and I feel it, definitely. Um, but that is hilarious. Mackenzie definitely probably washed her hands a million times after that. Um, and I think she's probably a little scarred by some of the things that she saw on the trash truck. Anyway, besides the point. So, you know, I'm finishing and all of a sudden I, my legs aren't in pain anymore. Adrenaline had, they're numb now. I'm just kidding. No, I can't, I can't feel my legs anymore, uh, because the excitement had taken over. Um, you know, I start getting very emotional. I wasn't crying through the finish line, but once I passed that finish line, I was physically, I was a mess. Um, but you know, I'm running towards the finish line and I'm looking at all the people. So past the finish line, there's no supporters allowed. So you, my parents, my mom and them could not have watched me cross the finish line because it's very guarded off. Security is just the runners. Um, and, you know, I'm watching all these people finish. I mean, everybody cross the finish line and just stop. Um, I take a second just to think about how we've all been pushing for this goal for so long, whether it's been two years or 18 months or five years or a whole lifetime that you've been waiting to do this. Um, I mean, or 18 weeks or a whole lifetime. You... We are all finishing our goal today. Um, and so as I cross that finish line, I am just beyond. I mean, I had the biggest smile on my face. Um, it was a long time training, and I would do it three times just to do that one experience again. I would do the training experience three times just to have that feeling again. So to your question, will I ever run a marathon again? Yes, I will. Uh, soon, hopefully. Maybe at the beginning, spring of next year. Let's see. Or, okay, let's say fall of next year. Uh, future Madison, make sure you get on that. Anyway, yeah, so I finish. My dad's, like, a little bit behind me, so he finishes, like, right, like, a minute behind me. I start crying, you know, and they actually have, the funny thing is they have you finish, and then they have you walk to get your medal. And I was like, are you, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I cannot feel my, like, once I crossed the finish line, trust me, that pain came back. Um, I probably looked like I had to go to the bathroom. That's how bad I was walking, like, uh, that I definitely had to go to the bathroom or something. But if you know what I mean. But <laughs> anyway, I get we get our medals. Uh, my dad starts crying. I start crying. You know, people around me are crying. Um, and I all I remember saying is, we did it. And then I just started, the tears just started falling, you know, and I was shocked. Um, and again, I tell everybody this, that I hadn't really wrapped my head fully around that. So 
that was great. A great experience. And then the, the day after I'd leave at like 6 a.m. for a flight. That's a whole nother podcast. But at the airport, I was not looking good. I was contemplating when they said, if anyone needs a wheelchair, come here. I was definitely leaning towards walking over there, but I wanted to show off my after marathon strut a little bit, uh, which is so funny. Um, so now I want to talk about, so great experience. Um, again, I'm beyond proud of myself and what I have accomplished. And this just is another validation that I am going to change the world and I am already changing the world and that there will be bigger and um, bigger goals to accomplish. And I will be running another marathon. Hopefully this is like, I feel like after this marathon, I've officially loved running. Uh, when I see people running now in the streets, I actually get jealous. Like on the way to school, I always see millions of runners running on Lock Raven uh, and through the reservoir and I'm always jealous. So I would not, like I said, again, to finish off the marathon talk, I will not, I do not regret the experience. I do not regret one single day of the entire training experience as I may have back in the training experience. Now looking back on it, there's not one day that I would change for it because each day made this experience what it is. Now a little bit to talk about my feeling after the marathon. So it's great coming back to school. You know, all my teachers and friends and I'm getting text from everybody's um, asking, you know, how was it? Oh my gosh, I know you're walking. And I wasn't, guys, the great thing is I was not sore. I was only sore for two days. And the third day I did not have one sore body bone in my body, um, which was weird, but I wasn't like, that's the honest truth. Like you can ask anyone, like I swear by that. I was not sore. I was even in gym class playing volleyball, which was amazing. Anyway, so I get back, and just as I had finished the Chicago Marathon, my whole college application process had ended. Um, So two big things I've been working on was obviously the marathon training experience and then college applications and all of that has been put in ever since the beginning as we started our senior year. So things that you're putting a massive amount, massive amounts of energy in all of a sudden stopped. And I never planned it to be like that, but it was weird because it was on the same weekend that everything stopped. Um, and a little bit after, it's a little, if I can use the word depressing, for I think the week after I was really struggling, not having a goal. Um, I was really struggling, like a set goal out there. I was really struggling with the what to do with myself. Um, I felt like almost I was like not doing anything to benefit from anything. Like I felt useless at some times. Like I didn't know what to do. Uh, I was getting antsy, you know, because for so long. Now this, a great friend of mine, of our family has told me this analogy. So it's like if we had this huge bucket and for months I'm putting water, dumping water, each run is water into the bucket. And I'm just pouring water into the bucket. Everything's going into the bucket, Okay as I crossed that finish line, as college application processes ended right at that, that, this weekend, it was so weird. It was like the same weekend, uh, the bucket fell over and spilled. And now there's nothing else in the bucket. That's the analogy I'm going to use. And, you know, it was definitely something to stop and realize, you know, I was so comfortable being busy. Being busy made me feel like I was accomplishing something. Um, and being not busy and relaxing made me felt like I was not accomplishing anything. 
So as I've talked to like my college counselors about this and family friends, my parents, I realized that um, for the first couple of, like for the first, I think this is the first week that I'm starting to realize that it's okay just to take a break, recover, relax, set little goals for yourself. Um, do not believe that since you've accomplished such a large goal, since it's such a large goal for so many people and for myself, that I have to find something else bigger than that to do. Um, because I'm definitely, and I can admit to this, I'm the person that believes that, you know, I accomplished something, I'm going to do the bigger and better thing and keep going. Uh, and so I think the idea of like not knowing where to go after running a marathon was terrifying. But, you know, taking some time to these past two weeks and just have some moments to myself and really realize that you have to be comfortable uh, in the being like in the recovering state uh, and find new goals, find a new hobby. And here I am. I'm so glad to be back making another podcast. Um, this is really what I want to devote myself to for the rest of the year. And, you know, eventually I haven't ran since the marathon. It's been almost a month, which is it just sounds crazy as it just came out of my mouth. Uh, but just take some time to really recover. And then hopefully next week or this week, I will start to, um, sorry, I will start to run again uh, and just go on some fun runs. But yeah, so it was, it was really, I was really having a really hard time. I didn't want anyone to notice it because a lot of people were still asking how the marathon was um, and how I was feeling about it. And I, as I wanted to say, yes, it was amazing as it was, uh, at the time I didn't think I wasn't proud of myself because I didn't have goals and I felt down. Um, and now I realize I'm super proud of myself. I'm, uh, motivated more than ever. And I'm realizing that, you know, I think my calling and I won't, as of right now, I think my calling is to really make an impact on my world and realizing that at such a young age, I can do so much. And I'm grateful that I've realized that at the age of 17, running a marathon. I mean, some people, hold on, let me say this. So, yeah, so the whole after post-marathon experience is something, again, I wouldn't change for the world. Uh, I learned a lot, and I'm thankful for it. So closing it up, just some final thoughts that I want to talk to you guys all about um, is I had so many supporters that I don't think I ever talked about the people that actually did not support me throughout the experience, which I expected. Um, I just actually wrote a newsletter paper for our um, NDP Gateway, which is our NDP News, uh, about the, my whole experience. So I would love to share that with you all because it was a great article, I believe, <laughs> not to be biased. Uh, but I right when I started to train, I had this teacher, a teacher of mine, tell me that something was too hard for me as the topic is insignificant and doesn't off topic and doesn't really matter. He had said something like the topic, blah, 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 was too hard for me. This had affected me in innumerable ways because then I began to believe that people would believe that me running the marathon is insane, that I was not going to finish, that it was just an impulsive decision and, you know, I'm going to get out of the phase of making these decisions and that I won't end up doing it. So I started to believe that I was I actually told my parents one day, we were just in a convo, and it, I had said that's just because I'm average. I'm just this average student. Well, um, that really hurt my parents. Eventually, now that hurts me that I, back then, I like a, this was months, um, a couple months ago, that I had said that about myself because I am far from average. Now I know that. I'm not ordinary. I'm extraordinary. Um, 
And I don't say that in a cocky way. I'm confident um, in a good and healthy way. And so, you know, I take a second and I'm grateful for them, for those comments and for this teacher's beliefs, because as uh, we grow up, you're always going to have people not be in your corner. There's always going to be people opposers. There's going to always be some kind of enemy, uh, not enemy, but person against you. So enemy is not the right word, but person that maybe won't believe in you at the time. Hopefully they do eventually after you accomplish those awesome goals. Uh, but I'm thankful for them. And I look back at that comment and I've looked at what ever since that comment, what I've achieved. And it has been a podcast Um, growing closer with my friends, making new connections with people, running a marathon at the age of 17, which some people would say is insane. Uh, And which I believe I was one of the youngest there. I don't know how to find that out, but um, I was the only one with a minor tag that I saw on my thing. And if I was not the youngest, I was one of the youngest. I do not think there were any 16 year olds signed up because I was trying to look through everyone's ages because there were 69, 16, yeah, 69, or no, there were 70 girls from 16 to 20, 16 to 19, and a large majority of them were 19-year-olds. Um, so that's exciting. And uh, what else do I want to say? Oh, um, so I, I'm thankful for them. Um, and I also just want to give a huge thanks to all of the people that supported me during the marathon. My sister had actually made this playlist, um, and I had, like, people – uh, like it was weird. It was like, first off, she didn't let me see the playlist before. So I knew something was a little bit up, but I thought she was just adding all my favorite songs. So it was all my favorite songs, a bunch of pump up jams. Uh, um, and she had made like a voice recording that someone had sent to her, like a teacher of mine did it. A lot of family friends did it. A lot of friends did it. Um, of like them saying a message. So all of a sudden, like, let's say I'm listening to Dua Lipa or Coldplay and then all of a sudden, like, someone starts talking to my ear. It was, like, the funniest thing because when it started to go, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? Like, what, did I just hit on a podcast? Like, who's talking? Like, I didn't know who it was. And then as I realized that it was someone that I knew, as, in the, when they, as they started talking, uh, it was like a game. Like, every time someone would start talking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, who is it? And, you know, my grandparents did it. Um, there was one that was my teacher, and I talked about this in the article that I just wrote, my teacher, Miss Mackle. Who, I, who has impacted me, I would say, the most at my time at NDP, um, as she doesn't really believe it now when it, my sister and I have told her. Um, she has really impacted me the most at NDP. And she had said a phrase like, um, think of all the people that are doing ordinary things right now. Ordinary things that humans do, like pumping gas, napping, boarding a plane, taking an Uber, skiing, like going on a walk, like all of these ordinary, normal, like she said, ordinary things that humans do, that we do. And here you are running a marathon. You're doing something extraordinary. And as she said this, I was taking back a little bit. It started getting emotional just because um, I haven't thought about it in that way. And we're all doing different things at different times. People are tracking me, watching, watching me doing a marathon. People are playing lacrosse. People are doing all of these different things. And as they're doing all of these things, here I am in the world making my mark. It's like they're making their mark running a marathon. So it's definitely um, 
a voice recording that I will remember forever. I will save it forever because it's amazing. Um, I'll save all the voice recordings, but it was something that my sister did for me that really that really touched my heart and uh, was definitely a fun factor in the marathon. Uh, and I think that's all I have. Um, I know that was a little bit long, but I really wanted to bring you guys into my experience. And I hope, you know, by this, my advice to you would be um, don't let those who don't believe in you scare you from achieving what you want to achieve. Even to this day, I'll even find myself some days like not wanting to do something because I'm scared of being judged by others. I mean, something I'm growing, like it's, it's so much better than it was two years ago. Uh, and I'm growing and I'm, it, that is changing for me. But really try not to let that affect you because as I was running the marathon, there was a million of thoughts, people that I would have cared about if it was a year ago. Uh, there's, I probably would not have done it because the fear of being judged. But today I look back and I'm proud. Um, I am a marathon runner um, and this is just the beginning for me. So I hope this is the beginning for, of you, for you guys to start your journey, whether it, whatever goal you have, and just realize that you're not too young, you're not too old uh, to make your mark because you definitely have impacted someone in your life. So use your goals that God has given you to your advantage and find those and find what you love to do and what you want to do. And whether you're just figuring out what your job's going to be, or maybe you're in a job and you have this dream of becoming something else. Um, just take that in. And I would say my advice to you would be follow that dream, follow that goal, because dreams are achievable, I believe. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we all are going to change the world. Uh, so thank you all for listening to this podcast. I know it was a long one, but I hope that you all enjoyed it. Um, I'm beyond grateful to sit here today and share this experience with you all. And again, if you have any questions or you just want to reach out, please reach out to me because I love, I've gotten so much feedback from people that I've listened to my podcast. Um, and I'm beyond grateful for it. And so I hope that I've inspired you guys a little bit to get out there, get in your community and challenge yourself for the better because you're going to grow and learn from it. Um, and I know that you guys will be grateful for each opportunity that you take on. So thank you all for joining me here today on Girls Who Run The World podcast. And I am beyond grateful for each and every one of you. Um, happy Monday. Well, I'm recording this on Monday, so it'll probably come out in a couple days. Um, I love you all. Peace and love. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.